Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. And joining us from our Cookbook Club is Kirsten Collins. Hello, hello. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. Today, we'd like to talk about how we keep things organized in our kitchens, from grocery lists to cookbook organization and the digital tools that help us keep it all straight. It's a big, juicy topic, guys. It's such a big, juicy topic that we are going to try to keep it fairly focused today to sort of the idea of like how we get from sort of thought to meal plan to getting those ingredients and and the recipes and making all of that part happen. Yeah, it's like the food supply chain within your home. Right, right. (laughs) And maybe someday we'll return to like pantry organization and kitchen tools and all those other things. Yeah, which side note, if any of those things sound interesting to you guys, you should send us a hot little email or DM from Instagram and tell us what of those sounds most interesting. Yes, we would love to hear from you. But let's jump in. So can we talk about something silly first? Absolutely. Let's talk about the how you organize your cookbooks. Because... I don't think it makes any sense to organize them alphabetically. So that means all the rules are out on how you organize them. Right. So how do you guys do it? I wouldn't say my cookbooks are organized. Oh, there you go. I have a hierarchy that lives in my head. I also don't have a spot where I can keep all of my cookbooks together. That's an additional challenge. So I have the ones I'm using live on the counter, like shoved in between my cutting boards and my knife block. Okay. And then I have more that I want more easy access to in a kitchen cupboard. And then the ones that I don't need every day access to or don't think I need access to live in our family bookshelf okay. in our living room. That said, I rotate between all of those a lot. And then the other thing, maybe you can help me with this, is I think we all do this. I have a cookbook library hold queue habit. Oh. So I always have Library cookbooks. Yeah. And where do I put those? So those often That's are living for me on too, the counter. Where do you put the library ones? Or they're living on my mantle. So yeah, it's not a great system, but it works for me. Would you say when you are like, oh, I want to make the such and such from such and such book, you know where that book is, right? I do. Yeah. So it I totally it works. Is. It totally works. But you know, there sometimes that book's not, I have to shove some things out of the way sure. in my cabinet to reach the back. Sure. That's the thing. I feel like your cookbook organization is actually quite personal. Yeah. In my case, I, my cookbooks do all live together. Um, I have a large bank of like open shelves in my kitchen, but <laughs> sort of the opposite thing happens, which is where I feel like my cookbooks actually kind of dominate my kitchen. Like they really have a presence uh, because the shelves are open. That is very on theme. that's very on brand yeah it's true I get a lot of like people walking into my kitchen for the first time like wow that's a lot of cookbooks mine are organized by color I love it which I know there's a lot of hate for that on the internet like in the home decor world but they are like a centerpiece in my kitchen and so I wanted them to look like stunning when I first did it I think my partner was like okay, well, how are you going to find anything? You know, and it's like, once again, I'm not going to organize them alphabetically. And what happens is you keep them in that order for a while. And then you, you, you know that the, you know, you know that Smitten Kitchen Keepers is green. So you just go to the green and you find it and it's, you know, you just learn it. But yeah, it's personal. How about you, Renee? I organize my cookbooks based on who I think will get along with each other. I love this. This is so funny. (laughs) And it's just so subjective. Like, this is the ultimate example of just how personal your cookbook organization can be. Yeah. My cookbooks. It's completely up to you. My cookbooks do all live together. So, like, for example, Alice Waters is next to Samin Nasrat. They would get along great. 
Deb Perlman. They do get along great. They're buds. Yeah. Mm. Deb Perlman is next to Julia Tertian. But I wouldn't put oh, like I wouldn't put like Joshua McFadden next to Alice Waters even or Julia Tertian because he's kind of a jerk. So he's over by Otto Lenghi, who might be a pers- <laughs> might be a perfectly nice person, but I feel like they, you know, they're two guys, two male like chefs. Jerky bros. chef vibes. Yeah. yeah. And then but then the other layer on here also is like generally by cuisine type. So it goes from like Far East to Indian to Middle East to Mediterranean, Whoa. Europe, Euro-influenced, which is kind of like Alice Waters is a little bit like French-influenced. Sure. And then sort of traditional American. Well, uh, the Americas and then traditional American. So, yeah, it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else, but right. it makes sense to me. I like that. Just full permission to organize it however you feel that you'd like it organized. Yeah. Because there's no rules. No, it's great. I love that. So you you have your cookbooks all organized, and then... You've got to get from that collection of cookbooks to making a meal. So from there, how do you take those cookbooks, or maybe you're not even working from those cookbooks all the time, and how do you make a meal plan? Or not make a meal plan. Or not make a meal plan. (laughs) But how do you, you know, figure out what you're going to eat? Yeah. I usually start by shopping at home. Like, we do do a meal plan um, ideally every week. And when we don't, it's like we kind of go back to, like, relying on our tried and true favorites. But if we lean too heavily on that, then I get burnt out. For example, I am not eating taco salad right now. There is a no taco <laughs> salad rule in my house right now for the next two months because you we had too, much. too many weeks of no meal plan and making taco salad. So we usually start by shopping at home because we get a meat CSA and the salmon CSA, which I know you guys also get some combination of those things, too. We have a big pan tree, we have a dry cellar, we have stuff in the garden. So I already kind of know like what we have and what we need to use up. And so that's where I start it from is like, how can we eat all this stuff down? I feel like I always have this like goal in my head that I'm never going to achieve too of like an empty freezer. Yeah, because you're continuing to restock it. Yes. <laughs> in bulk. Yes. You will never reach the bottom. No, I yeah. don't know. It's this... I know. I mean, I my thing that is in my mind that's like the goal is not so much that it's going to be empty, but just that it's not going to have like old weird stuff in the corners. Yes. No wasted space. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Like, I, I think we talked about this at one point about like, how much are you paying to store stuff in your house, like right. in your pantry shelves and stuff like all those things are are a portion of your rent or your mortgage every month. And right. I don't want to be mm-hmm. like paying for stuff just to sit there and go back, take up space. Yeah. Yeah, so that's usually how I do it. And then Saturday right now is kind of our goal for meal planning because I feel like that's the likeliest time that we're going to have a little bit of space to sit down and actually enjoy flipping through cookbooks or like coming up with a plan. And then we know that we have like a deadline of like it has to be done by the end of the weekend because then we've lost our window to do it. You're using the word we. Well, we split the meals in our house. So that's a whole other thing of related to the meal planning is like household distribution of labor. So there's two of us in the household. We both work. And so part of our conversation around distribution of labor is that we both make 50% of the meals. My partner takes three meals. I take three meals. And then one night a week, we either eat leftovers or we eat out. And is that like, is your meal planning process collaborative or are you just planning your individual parts? Sometimes it's collaborative, which is nice if we can sit down and do it together. But I also have this little hack that I've come up with that's working well for us. Maybe it works well for somebody else listening. But we use Google Calendar like heavily for like his calendar, my calendar, the kids calendar, vacation calendar, like there's so many calendars. We made a calendar for meals and it's every day of the week and it has like his name on his nights, my name on my nights. And then we just update that calendar with what we're making. Cool. And that's kind of how we keep track of it. And well, I even put like the page number and the cookbook so that it just makes a little bit faster Mm, on like Tuesday night when you're going to make dinner. That's very smart. What about you guys? 
I had my meal planning grocery situation like really dialed in. And then this summer, two things happened. I started doing the veggie CSA and we broke up with Costco. Ooh, Ooh, why did you break up with Costco? Let's (laughs) shots were fired there. Let's go back to that. (laughs) So that has messed up the whole the whole rotation, the whole rhythm. And I'm still finding my way back, but it's been fine. We broke up with Costco because we're not convinced it's actually saving us any money. Okay. Neither of us enjoy the Costco shopping experience. And while I do love having like some things just like in stock all the time and we're just, you know, we were Cody, Cody, my husband was in charge of going to Costco and he would go, I don't know, once a month. So we'd always have be have an opportunity to restock on toilet paper, peanut butter, all the stuff we like to have on hand. We don't have a second fridge or freezer. Oh, yeah, and our fridge is pretty small. Thing. Yeah. And we have a lot of shelf space. But so if we had a second fridge or freezer somewhere, then I think it might be more worth it. Yeah. But we kind of don't have space for large bulk purchases. Bulk, yeah. Bulk perishables. Sure. So we're trying a Costco free way of going. We'll see how it goes. A Costco free lifestyle. A Costco free lifestyle. Yeah. Kudos to being thoughtful about it, though. I think that's great. So at any rate, prior to these two changes, I would do meal planning on Fridays, usually grocery shop on Fridays. I like to do it all by hand. So I actually, and we, I still do this, but I made myself a grocery list uh, printout with all the things that we, it like has pre-printed the things we just want to have always. You know, apples, cheese, milk, eggs, butter, the, you know, Trader Joe's frozen buns that my kid really loves, things like that. Right. Um, and then it has lines, but it's organized by section of the store. And so I would write my meal plan on the bottom. Um, I should be doing more what, Renee, you're doing. You start with what's already in stock at your house. And I've started to do that more now that I do this veggie that, CSA. That veggie CSA will really force your hand in that way. Uh, but it was more, I would do it more from a perspective of look at our calendar, like what is going on each day. And so how much time do we have to cook? Does it have to be fast? Can, will it be a nice connective time where it's an opportunity to make something nicer? Um, and then I would also check the weather. Wow, that's mm. like so many layers like of thoughtfulness. I like the weather. I'm impressed. It, I mean, it doesn't take very long, but it's like, okay, Tuesday is a busy night, so we better have something simple. And I'd sort of write that down or, oh, I'm I'm actually eating out so with my friends, so figure it Cody out. will figure it out and I'll just put that down. I'm really enjoying this CSA. I think the way I've been using it is not using so many recipes. So I've been really paying attention to, okay, do I have the right components in sort of like a salt, fat, acid, heat way of like, oh, do I have all the building blocks I need to like make something with this zucchini that's delicious? And so that's been kind of fun. Uh, The other thing I do is I write our meal plan on a like chalkboard in our kitchen and then I take a photograph of it, Ooh. and just, I have an album on my phone of meal plans. So smart. That's great. I actually don't refer to it very often, but it is a nice place to be like, what were we eating at this time? Like, what do we eat? And then I can just, like, scroll back. Why is it back so hard to f- answer the question of, like, what is it that we eat? <laughs> what do we what eat do we in like? March? What happened in March? What do we eat? What did I make for so-and-so's it's birthday? It's so hard, yeah. And then just, our, it's not duplicating labor and... It's sure. just right there. That's brilliant. That's like because that. modern life has us all exhausted. Yeah. And that's so we true. can't have the bandwidth to even like sit yeah. and be thoughtful yeah. about things. That's yeah. why. That's the answer. Okay. I want to keep other things in my head. Yeah. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For me, the combination of my veggie CSA and my uh, garden 
just the produce yeah. has been out of control. And so my like my meal planning completely fell by the wayside. But here's how I do it. So I have like a master Google Doc and it has like at the top, it has basically like a table that has all the dates and then it has like it has cells for breakfast and lunch, dinner and then like extras. So if I'm going to bake a loaf of bread, I'll put it in like the extras section just so that I can kind of like keep track of what I've made. I also do go through and I take stuff from the calendar and I put it right there in the table. So it'll say like, you know, February 13th, like Zoom meeting at 6 p.m. So that I know that like I got to get dinner on the table early that night because I'm going to have to be at my desk at 6 p.m. Or, you know, somebody's out or we have somebody coming for dinner. Um, I really like the weather I'm thinking about. (laughs) That's like an inspiration for me because I often get like a bit of a mismatch where like I think earlier this week I was like okay okay I know it's not soup weather but we're eating the soup anyway yeah or if it's really cold and rainy out like you don't want a salad right or I right. don't yeah anyway. yeah exactly I exactly. never want salad for dinner <laughs> I know it's not my solution it's not your jam so I managed that and then um, basically I've taken all those tables from like I've probably had this doc for maybe a year and a half and I take the tables down and I paste them at the bottom before like when I'm done when I do a new month up top um just so I can go through and be like well what was I making last year this time of year you do it a month at a time I do it a month at a time but I don't fill it all out for the month I just make the table and then I fill it in like a few days at a time I don't have a specific day of the week that I meal plan I just go in and fill it out like as much as I can sometimes like I know there's a party coming up and I know I want to make a cake so I'll put the cake in there and then that way when I go to make my grocery list I can kind of look at the week to come um, and say, like, what do I need in the next few days? Um, we don't do, like, a weekly grocery shop. I would say I shop at Costco about once a week. Um, and then we sort of fill in the gaps at the regular grocery store maybe twice a week, uh, which my partner does all of that. The last thing on that um, Google document is that I have a master list of all my go-tos because I have so much trouble remembering, like, what is it that mm. we love? <laughs> And so I have like tri- a whole list of tried and true recipes. I also have a little list in there that's like things I want to try. Um, just so when I do have the time to flip through a cookbook, which is not ever at a consistent time, I can be like, oh, I should make this. And then I'll put it on the list there. Um, and I actually haven't worked from that list for so long that I should probably just clear it out and start again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about something like this, like meal planning a season yeah. or two ago, because we yeah. both put our like, I have a meal matrix and a meal queue that we're not using as much right now. Right. But that meal cue is like that yeah. for that reason of like, let me just info dump all of the go to right. recipes that I know that we all like yeah. for a fall season and a, or a warm season and a cool season yeah. so yeah. that it lived in a place and it used to be on our refrigerator. And it's for just sure. really recently that we're like ready to take a little break and try something yeah. new. Yeah. So then I, I also do sort of approach it from like, how can I use what I have already? Because I've got a fish CSA and a meat CSA and a veggie CSA. And like, you know, that's enough to make most meals. Like, I feel like at this point, we're probably just grocery shopping for dairy products, mostly. <laughs> you know, and I like get my eggs and my apples at Costco. And like, I've got kind of like my my rhythm. The other thing that we do uh, for grocery shopping then is I make the list and we use the Reminders app, which is a, like an iOS mm-hmm. standard app, uh, which is totally really awesome. under under valued it's app. amazing we I love, love that, that app. app we use it so much what is it i don't have an apple iPhone. okay so yeah if you have an iphone it's just it's just a to-do list but it's like a it's a update it's a regular updating list um so it updates like you can share it with another person so like eric and i have a shared list that's a, just called grocery list either of us can add anything and either of us can cross off anything and it just updates like in real time hmm. which is really nice and then um You can also add a date to something. And we just discovered this really cool function in that, which is like you can 
put in that you want to be reminded of this reminder when you arrive at at a certain place. Yeah. So you can put in like when I arrive at. So the thing we said was when I arrive at Riki Elementary School, which is where the farmer's market is, remind me to buy garlic because like we want the farmer's market garlic. So like Apple knows where you are. And so then it will remind you (laughs) because they know everything. So just like utilize that to your to your convenience. For some reason, I I don't like authority. And for some reason that like strikes this authority nerve with me of like, I don't want my phone bossing me around that I have to remember something oh, or like okay. I can see how it would be helpful, yeah, but to have the reminder, just to hear about it makes me feel like yeah. I don't want my phone <laughs> nagging me like I already have enough <laughs> things nagging me on my phone. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. But I so we have like a grocery list. We have a separate Costco list. And then I have like a nuts.com Azure list. Before we get into grocery lists, though, yeah. can we talk about Eat Your Books? Yeah. And this is not like a paid thing, even Although though... they are sponsoring us now. Yeah, which we're really excited about. But we were I was using Eat Your Books before they started sponsoring yes. us. Yes. But Eat Your Books has been like a huge lifesaver for my partner and I for meal planning because you can search by ingredient. And so here's Eat Your Books in a nutshell. It's like an online platform. Like it's a website, really. It's not even an app. It's just a website. You start an account. You can start one for free. And then I think you can have like five books on it that you own. But, you know, I started paying for the premium one because I have more than five cookbooks that I want to get recipes out of. But basically it indexes all of the cookbooks that you own. So you like enter the ISBN number or whatever the cookbook is, and then it's like saved to your account. And so then you can search by like ingredient or whatever, and it will tell you which recipes from your cookbooks use that ingredient. It doesn't give you the full recipe, but it tells you the name of the recipe and the page number. And then you can just go to your cookbooks. And the ingredient list. And the, in- oh, do- yes, does it? it doesn't, oh, it doesn't tell cool. you quantities but it does tell you like you know lemons or Mm -hmm. flour or whatever so yeah we've been using that a lot to like shop from home first because we're like okay here's the list of like all these cuts of meat that we need to use up i was shocked the first time i entered all my cookbooks which honestly i your books is new to me and i've only entered half of them but even just that i put in spinach because i had spinach from my csa and i was like oh my God, I have this many spinach recipes in half of my cookbooks. And cookbooks that I've actually cooked from a lot, there are so many recipes that I found from through Eat Your Books that I just have looked past. I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that called called for butternut squash or whatever. What I used to do before is I would start going through the indexes of like the ones that I liked and just look for for the ingredient. But I was not seeing like anything. I was seeing like this just a tiny sliver of what I had. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's been a huge, huge help for us with meal planning. But we can shift gears and go talk about groceries now. Like, how do you get from meal planning to groceries? Yeah, before we talk about groceries, let's take a quick break. Okay, sounds good. Drop Cloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Ringquist in her Portland, Oregon studio and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she can be there to guide you every step of the way. You can find Drop Cloth Samplers on Instagram at dropcloth or online at dropclothsamplers.com. had like a flash i'm going to start using the reminders app to keep track of the meat in my freezer yeah yeah because this is a thing that the csa delivery always comes when i'm at work and then eric loads it into the freezer and i'm like what was in the csa and he's like there was some chicken (laughs) 
But I don't know what's in there. Ours is always predictable enough. Like, there's always a whole chicken. There's always, like, a roast, if not two. There's always, like, four pounds of ground meat of, like, some combination of beef, lamb, or pork. And then there's usually, like, a premium cut of some steak or whatever. And so I don't. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah. enough for me to not yeah. have to look too often to see what's in there. This is real in the weeds, but you could have a meat CSA template. Oh, man. With all of the things you might get in a meat CSA. Oh. And then when it arrives, you're just like, yep, 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 yep. Oh. It'd be real fast. I really like this. <laughs> I'd like to get in the weeds more with you because, yeah, <laughs> I could nerd out on this all day. It's like the level of efficiency. It's... Oh, it's Next great. level. Okay. So you've organized your recipes. You've made a meal plan. You've gotten to the grocery store and followed your list. And now you're bringing a carload of groceries home. I want to start before that. So I want to start with how you organize the groceries to begin with. So a, a thing that was kind of a problem for me in my relationship is like the things that we keep in our head or the things that we tell people to get or whatever. And then like who's going to the grocery store. And I don't want to set myself up in my relationship to always be in charge of going to the grocery store. So a long time ago, uh, my partner and I downloaded this app called Our Groceries. There's a bazillion other versions, I'm sure, out there. We only have the free version. We have the same login that we use over each of our phones. So it's the same grocery list. So then like nobody has to call anybody to ask them to do the mental labor to figure out what we need from the grocery store. It's like, or also unplanned grocery trips, like, you know, on your phone what you need from the grocery store. So we have relied on that for like over a decade and it works well for us. And you can have grocery lists specific to stores. So like we've made one for like Trader Joe's and there's one for Costco and one for Azure even. So when I, either one of us can sit down and do an Azure order whenever we need to, and we already know what we need. I also took the time to like make categories for the different grocery items. So you know which part of the store is things are, you know. That helps a lot. You don't want to like go go through the frozen aisle and then you're like ready to check out because you went to two other aisles of stuff and you're like, oh, crap. Now I have to go all the way back to the frozen aisle because this was on the bottom of the list. So that's how we organize that. And now that um, we're also doing most of the grocery shopping for my mother-in-law who's older, Um, and doesn't go to the grocery store very much. We have her as her own like grocery list too, because we tend to get things from a big supermarket for her because she mostly just needs things that are already prepared in like single serving amounts. So that's how we have kind of simplified the grocery shopping process for our family. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. I'm also a big believer in automating as many of those things as possible, which kind of comes to this love-hate relationship I have with Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Yeah, I used to get tons of stuff from Subscribe and Save, and I've tried to like cut down on that and spread my money elsewhere over time because there's a lot of things about the way that Amazon is run that I don't love. But it's very easy because you just set it up once, and then you can have it come every month or every three months or every six months, and that's where I get like the vitamins and supplements, the RX bars, the toilet paper, the Kleenex, the paper towels, the cleaners, all that kind of stuff. Because I don't want to have to remember to buy that stuff. Yeah. You don't get it at Costco. I'm like new to Costco, so I want to get some of that at Costco. But my problem is that I'm very like brand specific mm-hmm. on things. Mm-hmm. And I have run into problems with that at Costco. Like I've heard the toilet paper at Costco is great. So I'm certainly open to trying that. But Like, I only want this specific flavor of RX bar, and I don't want, like, another protein bar 
And so I'm not going to yeah. be able to get that from Costco. They have mm-hmm. the RX bars, but they're in a multi-pack. Also, Costco's non-dairy section sucks. Oh. I'm just going to say oh. it. I hate it. Like, you should write to them because they're very, very receptive to customer feedback. Okay, like, that's extremely. good to know. But yeah. the one by my house is like has no non-dairy options or like extremely few. Like it's only milk, only dairy cheese, only dairy butter. And so, mm. I, you know, I'm liking Costco for certain things, but I'm not liking it for as many things as I was hoping mm. for. We used to buy a lot of almond milk there. Yeah, they have almond milk. I don't too. even know where that is in my Costco. Yeah. It's a, well, it's not in the cold area. It's the... They're yeah, it's like, like in the cartons. beverage section. Is it in the non-refrigerated beverage section? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they have like oat milk down there yeah. that I buy, yeah. which is yeah. fine. Yeah. But like they don't carry Oatly. Yeah. Like, again, not sponsored. But like Oatly is – I love that brand of oat milk. Yeah. And they're huge. And like they don't carry yeah, them. Yeah, you would have to be okay with Kirkland like, oat milk. Like yeah. they have a giant warehouse and they have like this whole huge room just for like milk you know, <laughs> yeah. and butter. Like, yeah. are we, a lot of milk. Really, there's right. not any room in there for, like, right. a, a little shelf of, like, refrigerated non-dairy yeah. creamer or non-dairy milk or yeah. non-dairy cheese. I bet you they're working on it, though. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. So you're welcome. <laughs> I, really, I, I have a firm belief in Costco. Well, I grew up in a Costco. My it, parents were, like, members in the early 80s. Eliz from our cookbook club loves Costco so much. She has a Costco sweatshirt. I know her Kirkland signature sweatshirt. It's so funny. It's I love. I love that when she wears that. I she know. maybe also got the slot, like the shoe slides. Oh yeah, nice. Are they Kirkland brand? Oh yeah. Yeah, they say it right on the yeah. top. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've skipped over that whole apparel section of Costco. It's great. I love the apparel section. How are you organizing your groceries when you get them home, Kirsten? When I get them home, well, the thing I do to try to do to really simplify is. Just go grocery shopping once a week and just go to one store. Yeah. So this is where the the Costco breakup is maybe challenging this, this way of life. But um, yeah, just do one grocery shop for the week. Uh, when I get home, I I just put my groceries away. Yeah, totally. Is it more complicated than well, that? Well, no. Maybe. What is your secret, Sarah? I have a fridge-freezer combo in my kitchen, and then I have a fridge-freezer combo that I inherited from the people we bought this house from, and then we bought also a stand-up freezer. So I have, like, three different freezers and two different refrigerators. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So you have to so decide what So we do have, like, where. a whole system. So, like, the apples, we buy the apples in bulk at Costco because we eat a lot of apples. And so they all go, like, in the garage refrigerator. Like, butter is stored in the garage refrigerator Why do you refri- and cheese. Why do you refrigerate your apples? Um, because they last longer that way. <laughs> Okay. And a cold apple and they don't is get mealy. So yeah, good. and they're very good when they're cold. Okay. So we store all those there. And then, you know, I try to keep the veggies, like from the CSA, inside. You know, my freezer is probably pretty self-explanatory. I Often when I buy, like I'll buy um, boneless, skinless chicken thighs and like a multi-pack from Costco. Um, and I'll also buy like ground meat and the bricks. Um, and those go, like I when I bring them home, I cut them up, like if they're in a multi-pack cut them up immediately and then put them right in the freezer. Almost all meat when it comes into my house goes straight into the freezer unless I'm cooking it that night because just I used to put something in the fridge and then like, whoops, it's four days later and like it's maybe not good anymore. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of organization there, but I don't know if that's really helpful to anybody. I, I will say I have found a lot of joy in those like freezer, like they're like plastic bins for the freezer yes. so that you can keep things organized like mm. by type. I love those. And that's very helpful. I use that for mine too. And so there's like a system of like, this one is just for the veggies. Yeah. And this one is just for beanie things or this, you know. Yeah. 
it it really helps you not to lose track of things. Yeah, and it's so annoying to me anyways, maybe because I'm like kind of cold sensitive to be standing at a freezer, like, you know, right. pushing things you aside. You got to put your fingers in there. Things and... are falling all over each other. And this has really helped yeah. that not be an issue. Yeah. I also like freezing things so that they're like standing, like when you put them in those little bins that they're standing up on their end. Yeah. So they're not flat. So yeah. it's kind of like the Marie Kondo way of folding your clothes in it's your dresser. Except yeah. it's like for your freezer. Right. Totally. Totally. So I, I feel like that's helpful. And then just like getting things into the pantry, like the, you know, the right shelves, like there's cans yeah. over here and there's like, there's like a section up top that's just things that like, if my children are given unfettered access to, they will eat the whole thing in one go. <laughs> so they have to be up high so nobody can reach them. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah, we have like a snack sort of bin situation like that. We have open shelving intentionally. That's just like not fancy. It's like just an Ikea open shelving thing in the kitchen. And that's where the kind of like ready to eat things are. So there's like a basket that hangs off of one of the shelves, two baskets actually that are just for fruit. And then different bins, plastic bins on a shelf that have like, because someone in our house has PKU, they're protein restricted. So it has little stickers on it of like, Things in this bin have no protein. The things in this bin have one gram. The things in this bin have mm-hmm. two grams. And then this is the bin of like high protein snacks that right. like somebody not with PKU you. should not eat. Yeah. Yep. And then similarly with like the snacks that are like a little bit crossing over into sweets category. Yeah. Like I hate, I kind of hate Z bars. I feel like it's just a glorified candy bar, honestly. Right. Um, but one of my kids really likes those. And so those are in like a special bin. That's the like, you get no more that this is not right. unlimited access. You need to right. check with me before you eat this. Right. Also stuff that my kids like, but that I bought specifically to put in their lunches and I don't want them to eat other times because they're either like maybe more expensive or they're like the right size to fit in the lunchbox. Like those things go up high. Yeah. I got really into restaurant food storage containers. Um, I feel like all of our cookbook club on the Marco Polo group talked about this a lot during the pandemic. So I went to like Cambrilla tubs, 50 pounds of flour. I know, (laughs) I know. But I still buy like that because of the Azure stuff. And so we have like our pantry shelves are like real dialed in for that and not pantry like upstairs in our kitchen, but like in our kind of overflow pantry, root celery, stand up freezer area. So that way, like, you know. I know where the sugar is and the cornmeal and the beans and stuff like that. It's yeah. all like you can see everything really easily. That's great. You're not going to get dust on it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's protected. I know those big containers are super helpful. Yeah. And it helps us know like when it's time to go grocery shopping again because you yeah. can see when you're getting low on stuff. Exactly. The other thing that seems very simple but has been like a real game changer for me is to put something on the grocery list the minute you notice that it's gone. Yes. You need a restock because otherwise you will forget immediately. That's one thing I like about the having a pre-printed list of here are all our staples that we always want to have is then you can kind of quit before you go to the store. If I'm on my A game, then it's (laughs) you kind of look and do an inventory like, oh, are we out of milk and butter and cream cheese and whatever? Yeah, that's smart. Well, that should give you lots to think about in terms of getting things organized to just make meals in your house and manage the constant onslaught of food coming in, food going out. Yeah. Hopefully it was like less about totally overwhelming you and more about like, here's a couple things that might make your life easier if they resonate with you. For sure. We hope that you guys will join us next time. We're going to be cooking from New Native Kitchen by Freddie Bitsoy. Sarah, why did we pick this book? We picked this book because it's a really interesting mix of native cuisine from lots of different areas in the United States. And Freddie Bitsoy is is an interesting person with an interesting sort of chef career. Um, So we're excited to talk about that. Thank you so much for joining us, Kirsten. Anytime. This was a blast. 
and cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And if you have time to leave us a review, that's a great way to help other home cooks find us too. Bye. Bye.